Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. We have plenty of questions to ask after a frustrating night last night for the Calgary Flames as they lose to the Ottawa Senators 6-1. to Welcome to Hockey Central at noon, everyone. I'm Peter Klein. He's Logan Gordon. Um, quickly, Logo, before we get to Lou, do I sound okay? Because it sounds like I don't sound okay. I think in and out a little bit. Okay. Um, you don't well, sound, you don't sound great. I mean... <laughs> If you'd like me to take a, a quick moment and, and handle things for you, I could. You let me know. Yeah, let's do that. Let's sure. You set things up today. I'll disconnect and reconnect, and then we'll get going. Sounds like a plan. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, of course. <laughs> Welcome to, to live radio. This is Hockey Central at noon. Slogan Gordon, Peter Klein along with you. We'll get to Peter Labardius in just a moment. Our Flames insider and color analyst coming off of a 6-1 loss to the Ottawa Senators last night for a Flames team that was... Looking to keep some momentum after two games with the Toronto Maple Leafs that saw them pick up three of four points. David Riddick got his third straight starting goal. He would not finish the game for the Calgary Flames. Artem Zagadulin would come on in relief, making his first NHL appearance. This wasn't a good one from the start. Uh, the Flames struggled out of the gate. There were turnovers. Before you knew it, it was a 2 nothing Senators lead. And this is just the start of what's going to be a tough series against a a Senators team that's really starting to turn the tide, and it's brought back a good amount of questions that we've already had about this Flames team. There'll be plenty of that to get into as the afternoon continues. Uh, the host, the one and only Peter Klein, will take you through it with Peter Labardius in a second here. Eric Francis coming up in a matter of moments, about 12.30 today for Eric Francis Fridays. I believe we have Mr. Klein back and ready to go. PK? Yes, I am here. Um, and, and sounding and much sounding better. Him. Oh, good. Good. Yes, it was weird. We were talking um, off the air and it sounded fine. And then I got the station feed and this isn't maybe a reference you'll get, but maybe one that Lou will get kind of sounded a little less Nesman in a helicopter. Uh, th that was not necessarily how we wanted to go about as this is going to be an interesting day uh, with a lot of interesting discussions. So let's get right to it. Uh, if I'm sounding good, I know he's going to sound good. It is now time for Peter Labardius. Flames Insider, Peter Labardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group. Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering Air Miles Reward Miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Mr. Labardius, uh, I know a, a frustrating day, and I know we're going to get into a lot today, but I'm hoping I at least brighten things a, a little bit with the WKRP in Cincinnati reference. Uh, you, uh, you know what? Of course you did. And so <laughs> is, is this the day where Les was... Uh, watching turkeys fly out of the sky yes yes what was it god is my witness i thought turkeys could fly <laughs> yes <laughs> might be my favorite episode of all time and you know what yeah might apply a little bit might apply today <laughs> yes. just a little bit yeah, I, I think so. There, there's a couple metaphors we could use from that one. But um, obviously, mm -hmm. frustrations are high uh, for a number of different reasons around this Flames group and uh, a number of, of different places that the spotlight is being shined on. I want to play this clip for you from Rhett this morning as the, the boys were chatting with Elliot Friedman and uh, Rhett shared his opinions on the, the Sam Bennett situation. So, Logo, if we could play that now. I don't care what other GMs do or other coaches. You deal with your own 
stuff. Sam Bennett's done nothing to earn being in the lineup. You talk about controlling your own efforts and approach to the games. That's where the frustration has to set in for other guys. It's like, oh, so I'm worse than Sam Bennett? Show me how. Team worse minus eight, takes terrible penalties, has been bumped up to the first line for no apparent reason. And the other guys aren't great, but there is no reason in the world that Sam Bennett needs to be in that lineup. Sam Bennett asks for a trade. Mm-hmm. I get him out of there too. That was my approach from the start. It still would be. Because I just mm-hmm. don't think it sends a great message. I've been in rooms. If guy doesn't want to be there, that's fine. That's your prerogative. Mm-hmm. Don't come in the room mm-hmm. then. We can't have an outsider in our room, especially mm-hmm. one that's not contributing. Line wanted out of Winnipeg, but he was still playing, scoring some yeah, goals. But you've got mm-hmm. a guy that clearly doesn't care, is not doing anything to, to contribute. He scored a goal against Toronto, and great, because he was in the right spot. It wasn't because of anything that he did. And I think that you just... You open the door to criticism. You open the door to players questioning what the coach is thinking. You open the door to, do I have to give it my all? Bennett's not. There's just so much more to it than than saying it's not about the fact that Sam Bennett asked for a trade. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yes, it doesn't have to affect me. What it does affect is Sam Bennett getting preferred minutes over me who want to be here and will give you my all. So uh, Rhett's been pretty outspoken over the, the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I'll admit I, I was not necessarily thinking that the, the, the focus would be on Sam Bennett. That, that kind of surprised me a little bit. But I guess your reaction to um, what is being described by uh, or to us today as our hit record here at the station. Well, I think there's a lot of different ways to take it. And I was driving around, as I do a lot of mornings, listening to the morning show. Um, because in many ways... Those guys set the table at the radio station for everything that else that kind of follows. And um, so I, I find myself listening more often than not. I've probably found myself listening more the last few weeks even, um, especially now that I'm not traveling with the team and, um, you know, I'm in Calgary all the time. Um, Peter, I, I would just, I would just, say it this way do I think that Sam Bennett should be the focal point no um do I think Sam has played listen I I have incredible admiration and respect for Red. I really do and you know I worked in Saskatoon at a time when Brett was playing for the Saskatoon Blades and on his way to an excellent National Hockey League career. I think we've always had great mutual respect for one another. Um, But I think there's some factors here that really play in. And that is the part that I'm completely on board with is, yes, I think when somebody comes to you, whether it's through their agent and says, I don't want to be part of a solution. It puts your team in some really difficult places. I don't necessarily a hundred percent agree on how Sam has performed game in game out. Now, Peter on this line, in comparison to others, 
So is it about necessarily Sam and how that's been handled and how that's playing in the room? Do I think it's a factor? Sure. I think a lot of things right now are factors. And listen, I can tell um, by conversations I'm in, by conversations about even me that I'm not in, things are hot. Like, they are really, really hot. And so has Sam completely held up his end of the bargain in terms of the narrative about Sam Bennett? No. I don't necessarily think he has. Does that have spinoff? It has spinoff. But from Sam's side of the equation, I can also see where it might have been reverse for him. Where in his mind wasn't as long as it should have been. So that's really, Peter, my thought on that whole situation, which I think just plays into everything else. And I try to take my cues from, you know, people in the business who are in positions I'm not in. That's, that's, that's where I've always tried to go. So with that, Paul Maurice talked earlier, Paul Maurice talked earlier this season about being on his bench and how heavy the games felt, how much more pressure it seemed like his players were under and the group was under this season in comparison. Peter, are we not dealing in a very different time in our world right now? Like, we're in COVID. We're Mm -hmm. in a pandemic. And people can't do things the way they used to do. And people have a lot of time to think and evaluate themselves, how they go about their business, and how they're going to respond in the most difficult of times. Hasn't that been challenging for all of us? I know it has been for me. Because when you take away things that we love to do and outlets, and it all becomes, everything feels heavy. Listen, and and my life's a, a piece of cake in comparison to others. You know, I'm still gainfully employed. Now, do I have to do it differently than some other people who don't really know my story? Yes, I do. But those are my choices. And I've been on the radio for going on 37 years. And, And I think I understand where we have arrived at. But you know what the biggest point of contention in my own household is? Social media. My wife and I, like, 
we have had some down-out, drag-out, because she, in her own way, she loves it. She's one of the most beautiful humans I've ever known. I've learned so much from her. She cares deeply about people and the issues that, that matter really, really can hurt her heart. Um, but with that, she, she sees social media, and I see it this way too, is something that has allowed change, has allowed us to look at things differently. And I concur. But even between the two of us, is, is she in the firing line every day? Does her work now depend solely, not solely, but in a big part, based on social media? Peter, our industry is very different now. It is. Social media does matter. I want everybody to have a voice. I'm lucky. I have one. But again, at a time where, you know, in one breath I hear... We talk about mental health, and we talk about trying to unify people, and we try to bring people together. Well, in one way we're doing that, but aren't we looking for the first pound of flesh we can find, too? Like, again, Mm -hmm. listen, uh, people have taken me to task this week, and I'm okay with that. I'm fine. I am. Because I think they want me to go on this radio station and say, well, the coach should be fired, the GM should be fired, the players should be fired. No, I'm not going to do that. Now, do I think that there's a disconnect right now for the group? Yes, I do. Do I think it's hard for all of us in our daily existence when we don't hear what we want to hear, is that challenging? Yes. Do I think we very much live in a world based on trying to glean on to what's going to serve us the best? Yes. We want the best for ourselves, and we want the best for our family and the people that we love the most. The difference is, Not everybody's operating in life from the same place. So I'm okay to be on the front lines. I've been on the front line in one way, shape, or form since July the 17th of 1984 in Estevan, Saskatchewan. And I was there for four years. So again, I've never been treated like a star I've never been a star. I'm a passionate, intense, caring, pretty genuine guy. And that passion and that intensity has made me. And that passion and intensity gets me into trouble. But if I don't believe in me and what I stand for and what I believe in, 
And after 35 years of looking at this game with all the incredible help that I have received, who am I? What am I? How am I going to get people to believe? I'm not going on this station and not at least trying to represent myself the best that I can. But when we look at this hockey team, and you should be mad as a fan. You should be frustrated. You should want better. You really should. But I'm going to ask you this question as our fan base. When you get mad in your workplace, when you get mad at your significant other, when you get mad at your kids, is the first thing you want to do when you're mad is lash out? Or do you think about it a little bit? And do you think a little bit more in how you go about your business of how you'd want to be treated by somebody else? You know what? Social media has been a good thing in a lot of ways. It's asked us all to ask some hard questions. As humans, we've had to take a really hard look and define what we stand for and what we believe in. And you know what, Peter? In a lot of cases, everybody has somebody to answer to. We care about people's feelings. We don't want to do this alone. I know sports is an outlet. I don't think anybody needs to have a conversation with me about being an impassioned sports fan. I think I've held up my side of the bargain. But just be careful. And think about where other people have to come from. Because I don't pretend to know a lot about other business. I don't. And I have to adapt to my own. And it's different. Just like in hockey. You heard from Rhett Warner. You know what I know about covering hockey for 35 plus years, Peter Klein? The Hmm. athlete I deal with today is not the athlete I dealt with 10 years ago. It's not. It isn't. Sorry. The world's different. And that's okay. That's okay. It's a different time. It's a different generation. But I know this. We have a hard time in our world feeling okay to stand by what we believe in sometimes because it's going to be judged and it's going to be criticized and it sure as hell has consequence. But at some point, we're going to have to get to the point where we can have real hard conversations. But when we do that, we better keep both sides of the street clean. And I know that's not hockey, and I'm sorry that it goes there sometimes with me. But we got to get to the middle. Mm -hmm. And we got to invest. 
and it's not always about a pound of flesh. Understanding that whether it's me, you, Peter, our bosses, whoever it is, can we always do it in our life exactly how we want to do it? No, we can't. So get to know other people, invest in other people, work with them, but at a certain point in time, what I will give everyone, and we all get to make choices, then assess and do your best. That's all we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, j- just one more before we get to uh, the mailbag question for the day, um, because uh, like th- th- there has two point. There has been a lot of talk about trade this guy, trade that guy, fire this guy, fire that guy. Um, but to to kind of paraphrase from a, a different, uh, I guess, saying from before, like Claude Julian's not walking through that door. Jack Eichel's not walking through that door. This is a, a different time. It-, it is not so simple as just fire someone or trade someone. A lot goes into that in 2021 with COVID and the, the pandemic and borders and things like that. So um, I guess just quickly, because last night was a, a very frustrating loss. How how with this group do you get it kind of back on the rails, for lack of a better term? Well, this group gets back on the rails when, as a group, and the guys in that room are tired of the current narrative. And the current narrative is you really don't know what to expect from this group from one night to the next. You heard from Rhett Warner. You've heard from ex-players. I think in this day and age, it's very difficult because of optics, because of the nature of things, I think it's hard for all of us to challenge other people to get better out of other people because somebody might not like it. If, if your back is against the wall and your family is being threatened and you truly care about one another, show me. Mm-hmm. well said um all right it is friday right it's friday yes um the, the days seem to blur together with the, the schedule as crazy as it is um but more importantly than friday it is lose mailbag day so let's get into that now lose mailbag brought to you by ruth's chris steakhouse book your table today to enjoy their award-winning steak a world-class dining experience awaits with added efforts to ensure safety and comfort All right, you know the deal. You ask a question. If Lou is the one to answer it, then you get $100 gift uh, gift card to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, which, oh, would that be good this weekend. Um, Congratulations to Jeff. You are this week's winner. The question for Lou is, with a generally limited junior season making it challenging for scouts to ply their trade, do you see the draft as even more of a crapshoot this year? If so, should the Flames trade away some of their higher picks for more established assets. The the draft is always a fun topic, Lou, and this year I find it so fascinating. Oh. I like where, where Jeff is coming from oh. uh, on this one. What, what do you make of that, uh, that question from Jeff? Boy, I tell you, I will say this. From the bottom of my heart, we're on a roll with the mailbag question this year. 
Oh yeah. That's, that's it's every week. So, you know, thanks to our friends at Roos Chris, Tim Collins and company who provide a, a beautiful dining experience and a hundred dollar gift card. Um, I, I love this question. Um, again, this is a difficult time to assess what to do because I'm not sure any of us what look know what the draft looks like. It's going to be harder for NHL teams to make decisions this year than ever before because you're not on the same playing field that you're used to. Like even last year, the season, all the, all the different feeding grounds basically made it almost all the way through their season in terms of evaluation. There were playoffs missed. There were key tournaments. But, you know, look at the Western League. The Western League is, you know, starting up this weekend. Um, there, there's been so many places where scouts have to assess where kids haven't even had a chance to play. And I, and I think it's going to even affect when the draft happens, what the draft looks like. So, again, I, I think you have to be really careful when you make decisions based on the pool that you're diving into is very, very different. So I would have a more, I would have a more cautious approach and all you can do in the draft is, you know, if you're, if you feel very good about somebody you can get and you think in the big puzzle that person is going to fit and make a difference. That part never changes. You, you just don't have the same amount of looks and viewings. You just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we could do an entire show on... Sorry, go ahead. Can I just end on one place today? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, here's my final thing for the day. When, when people ask me why I have faith and, and why I try to look for the best where this hockey team is concerned, here's what it boils down to. I watched a hockey team last year go through some of the most difficult things I've ever seen. What happened with the coach? What happened with TJ Brody? What happened with a pandemic and getting to a really good level in the summer. It's not necessarily working right now, but if that group can navigate its way through all of that, I got to believe that they can get to a better place now. Yeah. Well, here's hoping. Um, Lou, thank you for this today. Uh, (laughs) Oh yeah. Here's hoping is right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I have no idea what the, the, the tenor of the conversation is going to be, what the mood of the city is going to be when we, we chat again on Monday, but I, I'm having a, a sneaking suspicion that a, a lot of what happens starting at 11 o'clock mountain time on Saturday is going to have a lot to do with it. So uh, have a good weekend. And I, I genuinely mean, have a good weekend and, and we will chat on Monday. Uh, I will. I, you know what? I get to see my son tomorrow for the first time awesome. in three weeks. That uh, that's keeping me going for sure. Awesome. All right. Love to hear everybody, that. Everybody take care, take care of one another and have yourself a great weekend. 
Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Flames fall in frustrating fashion last night. Uh, We will have maybe more alliteration, uh, but more insight into what the heck happened and where do we go from here as Eric Francis Friday is next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Frustration continues for the Flames after a 6-1 loss to the Ottawa Senators last night. Welcome back to Hockey Central at noon, everyone. I'm Peter Klein. Logan Gordon is our outstanding producer in the Iconic Studio, powered by Iconic Electric and Controls. Still want plenty of your texts at 960-960 as we spend uh, another day asking what happened as the, the Flames fall, this time to the last place, Ottawa Senators. Here to help us, uh, I would say make sense of it, but I don't know how much sense we can make of all of it, is Eric Francis here on Eric Francis Fridays, brought to you by Hyatt Infinity. Get three payments on the house when you lease or finance a 2020 or 2021 model Hyatt Infinity, Heritage Meadows Road on Luxury Lane. Uh, Mr. Francis, I was on vacation last week, so I thought I missed the sky falling, but uh, apparently not. <laughs> No, it, uh, they got a repeat performance. You know, I was just having this conversation with a colleague uh, this morning. Like, we're right back to where we were, what, like, is it four days ago, a week ago? Um, it, it seems hard. You know, there was a blip there while you were away. I, you probably heard about it, that they, they actually had one really good showing against the Leafs. Their second showing against the Leafs when they lost in overtime, they damn near stole the game. Well, David Riddick damn near stole the game. It wasn't the greatest performance from the team, but I think they left Toronto feeling a whole lot better about themselves than they did going in. Uh, but then one night later, we're right back to where we were, uh, uh, new depths for this team. And it's, it's the same old storyline. You know, on the other line right now, you know, I'm just listening to the players. They're just made available right now. They're out of answers. I mean, they don't know how to answer anything other than to say, well, we've got to stop talking about it and doing it. Uh, and that, that applies to, uh, what's the laundry list now? Starting better, working harder, not getting deflated when the other team you know scores a big goal. Um, I'm missing a bunch of things, but you know the the one issue that I don't think is being talked about enough because because there are so many other issues is the fact that they can't score goals anymore. You know, in their I, I finally found something consistent about this team, and I'm writing about it today. In their last six losses in a row, they've scored just one goal in every single game. That is incredible consistency. Um, <laughs> not in a good way, but it's something that you know nobody's talking about. Everyone's talking about turnovers, defensive lapses, mental lapses, all these other things. At the end of the day, I know it all adds up to you know, too many goals against and not enough for, but that's one thing that I don't think people thought was going to be an issue with this team. Not only do they have a, you know, a fair number of big guns up front. They were all supposed to have also supposed to have some of the best depth in the Canadian division, if not the league. Uh, but that's been completely gone. The third line has been, you know, so, so at best. And, you know, it's a rotating cast of characters, but the fourth line has been an absolute joke. And uh, the coach talks a lot about this being a four line team, but this is not a four line team. He doesn't play it like a four line team. He doesn't have the horses like a four line team. And when you're looking at suspects and people to point the finger at, 
look no further than three three of the offseason signings. Josh Levo, Dominic Simone, and Joachim Nordstrom. They've all been abysmal. And uh, and that adds up to a horrific fourth line. No matter where those guys spot, they're no they're not even most of them not even making into the lineup anymore. So lots of fingers to point, lots of problems, and uh, yeah, you didn't miss a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I have a few follow ups that kind of popped up while while you were talking there. I, I do want to go back to the goal scoring one, and the thing that kind of startles me about it, it's not that they're getting shut down. It's who they're getting shut down by. Like those losses are uh, against the Canucks, the Oilers, the Leafs and the Sens like that. None of those teams are the 95 devils. Like none of those teams that we thought were coming into the season as defensive stalwarts. Those are the teams that you're kind of supposed to build up the offensive numbers against. You nailed it. You nailed it. I mean, the the Canadian division right now, um, is the highest scoring division in the National Hockey League. I think it's 6.4 goals per game on average, which is higher than any other division. And it speaks to, you know, having a bunch of superstars in the division that are right near the top of the scoring leaders, you know, Shifley, um, Matthews, uh, Marner. Uh, I could go on. You know, you know the guys who I'm talking <clears throat> about. Uh, this Connor McDavid kid's all right. This Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> But generally speaking, it also speaks to just how bad these teams are defensively. It's, it's a combination of both. So you'd think that the last thing the Calgary Flames would be struggling at would be goal scoring. And, and hey, their top guns got off to a pretty good start up until this last, what, two, three weeks. You know, Johnny Gaudreau had a pretty good start. Elias Lindholm has been probably their most consistent forward all along. You know, Kachuk, to a lesser degree, has had some success offensively and to an even lesser extent Sean Monahan. So I guess not great as a whole, but I know when I did my quarter report for this team, you know, when you talk about the top six forwards, I think I gave them a B plus because they were they did what they were supposed to do. It's the rest of the group that's just not chipping in in any single way. And hey, some of them might have to do with all the line juggling. You know, that's that's tough for these guys. But you know a lot of people blame the coach for the line juggling, but you know they would blame the coach if he didn't change the lines and they were still getting the same old bad results. So, you know, the coach is a whole other issue and we'll probably have to touch on that today, but um, you know, these guys aren't getting it done. And I thought it was interesting that Milan Lucic after the game last night kind of went on his, out of his way to say that this is not a coaching issue. This is not an X's and O's issue. This is 100% on us players. He wasn't asked about the coaches. He was just asked how they turn this thing around I thought it was interesting, though, that he's kind of almost responding to all the criticism out there on his coach, his beloved coach, who he won a cup with in Boston, and that he was already trying to start defending Jeff Ward. That's the first time I've seen that so far this year. Mm-hmm. And to me, um, I, I don't think Jeff Ward has done a perfect job in the line juggling, um, has personally driven me absolutely crazy when we're trying to talk about consistency with this team and the, the lines change every third shift. But to me, the, the coach is a little bit down on the list in terms of what needs to be fixed. Because to, to Lucic's point, like the, the things that we've talked about, and even just in this hit, some of the things we've talked about, the starting on time, the, the work ethic, the, the losing puck battles, and even turnovers and, and lack of goal scoring 
we were having these conversations when it was Yuri Hoodler and Joe Colburn, and then when it was James Neal, and then whoever, whoever, whoever. Like th these these same conversations have been had in this market for the last five years, and so that's why I do push back on the coaching thing a little bit, just because it's been four coaches now, you know. Yeah, and, and I'm with you. You know, I'm not part of the crew sitting here saying that Jeff Ward is the problem, nor do I think that right. firing him would be part of the solution. But I'm also not going to sit here and say that, you know, Jeff Ward is doing a phenomenal job and that he's untouchable. But given what you just said and, and the number of changes they've made over the years, the penchant for ownership to never spend big money on a coach, and that's a whole other discussion on that is ongoing right now. But also – the penchant to spend extra money on this year while coach, while these teams are going to lose 60, 70, $80 million. Um, you know, the penchant to spend extra money to pay two coaches at the same time. It's very, very low. And I can't blame Murray Edwards and the ownership group for that at all. So I think I'd have a real hard time picturing how uncomfortable that conversation would be where Brad tree living walks into one of the owner's offices or in a meeting and says with hat in hand, Mm, I know that I've said this three or four times before, but I really think we need to change the coach. I just don't think it's going to wash. I think they're yeah. going to have this coach for the entire season. I, I think obviously if these things continue at the end of the year, there's going to be significant change. There has to be significant changes. Um, and that might include a coach, but right now it's uh, moving forward with the same guy for sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the decisions Jeff Ward made was to, to put David Riddick in goal last night that uh, in hindsight didn't work out so well as, uh, again, a 6-1 loss with four of those goals coming with David Riddick between the pipes. Uh, we saw his reaction afterward. I thought you used it as a pretty good metaphor for how things have gone with this team as of late anyway. Uh, but what do you make of the, the whole David Riddick situation? And then I guess, what do you do this weekend with David Riddick? Well, you, you play you play the hell out of them. Like I, I have a hard time in today's world, you know, suggesting that just because a guy's playing two nights in a row that it's really taxing on the body. Like, come on, these are world class athletes. Like, that that doesn't wash with me one iota. Now I know he played three and four nights, and there was a, a short flight from Toronto to Montreal, and they're fine. Or, sorry, Toronto to Ottawa. But you had to start David Riddick last night. You had to. You know, you can't have. In a, in a crucial moment of the season right now, you're going to start your fourth stringer. And that's what Artem Zagadulin is. And, and no disrespect to him. I mean, he's just a young guy, but he's their fourth string quarterback on the depth charts. You're not going to start him uh, ever. I would play David Riddick 30 games in a row before I would start Zagadulin. And, and again, I get, that's not so much a shot at Zagadulin as it is. The reality is you have to go with, you know, this guy – Hey, Riddick hadn't played hardly at all before this three-game set. So, no, I'm not buying that for one second. It wasn't just him last night. The fourth goal was questionable, but I do think it bounced off the defenseman. Still, it was from over the blue line, and that's unacceptable in today's NHL. But I'm not blaming any of last night on David Riddick. The team was terrible in front of him. They were going to lose that game horrifically anyway. And uh, so, no, to answer your question, I yes, in hindsight, it didn't work out. But to me, it was the right call 100%. To me, it's the right call 100% to start David Riddick tomorrow. David Riddick did not skate with the team today. They wanted to give him as much of a break as they could. And he'll start tomorrow at 11 a.m. in Ottawa. 
And, uh, you know, Markstrom's not eligible to come off the IR until Sunday at the earliest anyway. So there's no decision to be made. No decision. It's David Riddick again, for better or worse. So with the, the rest of this group now, what is next? Because we, we've, like I, I made the joke earlier, but we've done the sky is falling thing. We've done the try to fire everyone, try to trade everyone. We, we've had those conversations. I, I don't think that is changing. So how does this team now move forward I- into the next one? Because this is three blowout losses in two weeks. Well, it's just on the players. Like, you know, it's funny. I don't really have an answer to that other than to say it's on the players. It's funny because the players don't have answers to any of the questions we're asking, really. All they can say is we've got to be better, and it's up to us to look in the mirror and all this, all the cliches that we've heard for five years now, or, you know, I guess more to the point, you know, a month, I guess, this season. Um, There's no impetus to me on this general manager to affect significant change right now, nor do I think he should try to affect significant change this season. Oh, you can try. Don't get me wrong. But in this cap-tight era, in a shortened season, with a border issue that's, you know, prohibitive and, and, and a cap issue that's prohibitive, you can't affect the significant change that needs to happen in this market during the season. I just don't think you can. Um, I think it'd be pretty rare if you could find another trading partner who had, a, you know, very similar situation, kind of like how Winnipeg and Columbus just came up with a creative solution to their issues with Dubois and Line. You know, outside of that, I don't see how the Calgary Flames could affect significant change. And I don't think people should be clamoring for it. I know they are, and I know they will, but let this season play out. Calgary Flames are, I looked at it this morning, what are they, two points out of a playoff spot, three points out? And I know that the other teams that they're chasing have a couple games in hand, and, and I know that the situation isn't rosy at all, but they still have four of their next five against the youngest team in the league, the worst team in the league, and, and there's still plenty of time for them to turn this around. And I think this city has sold these guys down the river a million times before and this team one thing that they never get credit for is being resilient they are a pretty resilient group they're also extremely frustrating inconsistent uh their work ethic is questionable their leadership is questionable there's a lot of things that you can rain down upon them but give them credit for at least being resilient over the years uh and writing the ship when we think that they're never going to so that's where i think they're at right now i think they will write the ship uh, and I think that they will be in the playoff conversation right till the end of the year. So I, um, and, and I don't think changes are forthcoming. So that, that's kind of how I see it right now. Okay. Um, I guess looking forward, has, has the bar changed for what a, a successful season for this group looks like? I, I know um, like it, it, <laughs> the playoffs were kind of a minimum for, uh, for most people when we were talking about seeing the development of this team. Um, we kind of want to see how they would do in let's say, the second round of the playoffs for a change. Um, but for you now, has the bar kind of moved, given how the, the first 21 games of the season have gone? That's a great question. That's a great question. I still think at the end of the year they're going to be judged on 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 how they fare in the playoffs. God help them if they don't make the playoffs, uh, because right. then, then you have your answer. But, uh, no, I think they're still going to be judged 100% on, on, you know, whether they can make some noise in the playoffs. If, if this team rallies and, and – uh, God help them. What if they won this division or got home ice advantage in the playoffs? Um, I still don't think uh, it would matter at all in terms of how they're judged. No, I, I think it's all based on – they they could win every game from now to the end of the year, but if they don't get past the second round of the playoffs, then I think it's a colossal disappointment this whole season. So uh, that to me is where the bar has been all year long, and I think it will continue to be that way. 
A couple more here on Eric Francis Friday here on Sportsnet 960, the fan, as the Calgary Flames uh, once again fall, uh, this time at the hands of the Ottawa Senators. You talk about the fourth line uh, potentially being an issue. Uh, Are there a couple of other changes you would like to see made to this group? Maybe uh, I'm assuming you would like to see something altered on the fourth line as we go into Saturday? Yeah, you know, I think, Peter, I I think, you know, you can't do it right away, but I think a kid like Emilio Pedersen or Matthew Phillips or somebody who's young and hungry could be Ruzichka, but somebody down on the farm who's really busting their hump and, and trying to show on a daily basis that, you know, their work ethic can be sublime. Uh, stick one of those guys in your lineup. And I know you can't do it right away. You've got to, you know, elevate them onto the NHL roster, get them acclimated and tested and in the bubble. Um, but I think that that's what you're going to start to see, you know, at some point, because, you know, like I think Zach Ronaldo is a no-brainer to go into the lineup on um, on Saturday, and not because I think Zach Ronaldo can affect any sort of change in the game, but in the dressing room, these guys always seem to just love this guy and the energy that he brings, and energy's a big problem on this team. So, to me, they haven't utilized that enough, uh, having Zach Ronaldo in that room to kind of give them a lift. I think the first time he made an appearance this year, he helped them bounce back from a really bad effort to and so I, I think he can be a morale boost and, and, a, and lift his team. So, but other than that, you know, rotate in that cast of characters on the fourth line. doesn't matter to me whether it's Buddy Robinson, whether it's Godin. Uh, these guys have had zero impact in the game. And it's probably unfair to consider them having an impact. But I would like to see more and more guys be given a chance to at least show an incredible work ethic um, because we haven't seen it from guys like Levo or Simone um, and, and even Nordstrom, to me, has been a big, big failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one for you. When you see Kelly Rudy's button bust off of his uh, suit jacket, do you text him immediately? Do you wait till after the game? What's the protocol on that one? You know, it's funny. Kelly's one of my closest, dearest friends, and I, uh, I haven't texted him because I figured this was one of those times when he's getting tested from all over the world. He mentioned on the broadcast last night that Keith Oberman even texted him right after it happened. Uh, from the state. So that's how quickly this thing went viral. Uh, God bless the producer of last night's show for understanding that that was probably the most entertaining part of the show and for playing (laughs) it up and repeating it and showing it and showing that great photo of the guy on the exercise machine. And like, you know, that game had very little for Flames fans to smile about. And and again, I have no people, this is not exactly a hot take, but if that was going to happen to anybody in the sports world, how great is it that it happened to a guy who doesn't take himself too seriously? That grin, that little smirk, the second it popped off when he kind of went, oh, oh, God, uh, was absolutely priceless. Uh, maybe the highlight of the flame season so far. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, major props to Kelly for, for just rolling with it, because there are a number of people who put themselves on television who would not be comfortable to just kind of rolling with the punches at that and even having that see the light of day. So major oh kudos to Kelly for rolling with that one. And Rick Ball played it well. And, and the producer, again, for not just glossing over. I was wondering why they were laughing so hard when they were coming out of the break and then they decided to show it afterwards because it didn't happen live. It happened just before they went live. Um, and I, the, the great line to me from Kelly being so quick, and, you know, I, I play a lot of golf with Kelly and some other sports. I wouldn't say quickness is his, is his asset right now. <laughs> I tell him that to his face, too. But, I, but, 
but man, did he nail last night when Rick Ball said we need a seamstress, and Rick uh, Kelly Rudy said, "Well, how about a or an exercise bike?" <laughs> <laughs> that was so great. Uh, yeah, no, oh, that, was, that was spot on, and yeah, I've I've had a couple of those happen as well, which I'm sure stuns a lot of people. Um, and, and yes, no, that that one is, yeah. That, Call all the seamstresses you want for me. But uh, no, I thought Kelly handled that one perfectly. Uh, Eric, thank you for this. And we'll probably just have this same conversation next week because that seems to be uh, how these Fridays have been going over the last little bit. It seems like a pattern that's very troubling to Flames fans. That's for sure. Yeah. We'll talk then, buddy. All right. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. There is Eric Francis here on Eric Francis Fridays, brought to you by Hyatt Infinity. Save up to $15,000 on the 2020 QX80 with a cash purchase. Hyatt Infinity, Heritage Meadows Road on Luxury Lane. Yes, no, I I have actually, um, Logo, uh, kind of an interesting story as we wrap out Hockey Central at noon today. Uh, That exact thing happened to me on my wedding day. Um... The uh, we just got dressed up. We were just leaving our Airbnb, and off it goes. Um, I meant to do a better popping sound. I don't know if that came through. Um, but it just like busts right off. And uh, quick shout out: uh, Supreme had a dude there helping me. Ran, got it, uh, got it taken care of. Brought it back to me. Fit perfectly, and everything was fine. But yes, that that can be. Kelly handled that very well last night because that is uh, not a. It can be a bit of a humbling experience when that happens. Well, you're our uh, button popping expert. It's good we have you on the on the pay. Right. Yes, our our button popping uh, insider Peter Klein here with you guys on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Uh, but yes, it was nice to bring a bit of levity to a broadcast last night that was extremely frustrating for the the Calgary Flames. So once again, we are left asking, where do we go from here? We will try to answer. At least some of that with Will Nalt and Corey Sarich, who is joining us right at the top at uh, 1 o'clock today uh, to break down Flames against the Ottawa Senators and what is next. That, as the big show starts on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. 